Blackbirds, Volume 1, Episode 1. Written by Andre Philip Coleman. Sometime after 1935, Dernier, Louisiana. The sun beams high in the sky. Arnitra McCray, a poor, hard-looking black woman mid-forties, wails in emotional pain. She falls to her knees. Her agony twists and contorts her face as if some demon fights to get out of her. Several men restrain her. Arnitra tears away from them. Her son, 16-year-old Philip, hangs from a twisted and gnarly tree with a noose around his neck. His bruised and bloody body is almost unrecognizable. He's barefoot, and one eye has almost been ripped out. White people gather around the tree's strong trunk, which looks like it clawed its way out of hell and is reaching for heaven. She clenches the dirt beneath her and squeezes it tightly as she buries her face into the ground. Her black neighbors share her grief, although some of them look relieved, like they are happy it's not their son that hangs from the tree. The white people watch her painfully mourning in odd curiosity like a dying fly as it struggles in a spider's web. Robert McRae, 17, black, runs through the crowd to his mother. She grabs him and hangs on tightly like she will never let him go. But we can see it doesn't comfort her. Through the tight embrace, Robert looks up at his brother's lifeless body, slowly swinging in the wind. And just then, a blackbird flies from the gnarly old tree. 20 years later, Danier, Louisiana. Robert McRae, in his late 30s now, Jolts awake from his nightmare. He's drenched in sweat. His wife, Leona, dark and beautiful, comes into the room with some laundry. She has that black woman vibe. We can see her strength in the way she carries herself. Finally awake? Leona puts the laundry away, all of it immaculately pressed and clean. What time is it? Just after nine. Damn. It's hot as hell already. Oh, August weather in June. You know that old superstition when the sun burns down. Devil is coming to town. Robert rubs the stubble on his face. 
He struggles to pull his strong body out of bed. Breakfast ready? Oh, is that how you say good morning to your wife? Robert walks over and kisses her on the cheek. She smiles. Better. Be ready by the time you get out the bath. Robert hobbles out of the bedroom with a middle-aged man's walk. Robert turns on the water in the sink and cups his hands and washes his face. He stares at himself in the mirror for a few seconds. The scenes of his mom crying and his dead brother flash through his mind quickly. He closes his eyes and breathes deeply. Robert shakes it off and walks over to the bathtub. He winces from morning stiffness a little more as he bends over and turns on the bathtub. Hey, it's 8 a.m. and this is what we've been waiting for all year. School is out. Man, it's hot out there. But that ain't about to stop us. Just to make sure, I'm going to play something to wake you up. Joshua, 16, average, plain, short hair, stretches his body as he wakes up. He lets out a youthful sound, different from his father's. His 17-year-old brother, Lincoln, combs his thick, dark hair. Lincoln is the opposite of Joshua. He's good-looking, confident, and cool. You can see his wild streak. His hair is already perfect. He's just playing with it. His shirt is a size too small. It makes his biceps look bigger. He's got a lit cigarette balanced on an upside-down cup on the dresser. Joshua climbs out of bed and puts his jeans on. First day of summer, you in the mirror already? Lincoln doesn't take his eyes off himself. Takes time to look like this. <laughs> Maybe it took some time to look good. You can get next to that pretty thing next door you've been checking out. I got that under control. Joshua starts to put his pants on. Come on, Josh. Take a bath and put on some clean pants. You've been wearing those for a week. Lincoln takes a drag of his cigarette as Joshua pulls a t-shirt over his head. What's so funny? Boy, you're going to die virgin. If mama kiss you smoking, you're going to die a lot sooner than me. Lincoln takes a long drag on the cigarette and puts it out. Square. Lincoln hides the butt in his pocket and puts some gum in his mouth. Joshua stares out the window. Lana Harrell, 16. She's pretty, but she doesn't know it. Dark skin and her long black hair pulled back in a ponytail, listens to music. Her baby brother is in the stroller next to her. They moved here a year ago, and you still haven't made a move? Doesn't matter, Miss Harold, don't let a date know how. <laughs> a virgin. You are going to leave this earth a virgin. I know 20 girls that spread their legs out the one can of pot. Yeah, but I don't like any of them. <laughs> like them. Oh, I swear to God, you must be adopted. 
Lincoln, Josh, I'm not calling you again. Lincoln leaves the room. After he's gone, Lana looks up and smiles at Joshua for just a second. He smiles back. Joshua, I'm not playing made today. Joshua still stares at Lana. Leona, Robert, Lincoln, and eight-year-old Rita, lighter than the rest of the family, sit waiting at the table. Pancakes, biscuits, bacon, sausage, strawberries, and orange juice are on the table. Boy, I'm down here starving. Your mama called you twice. Sorry, I couldn't find my shoe. Lincoln sits next to his father, and Joshua sits next to his mother. Rita sits between them. Robert glances at the family, and as if on cue, they bow their heads to bless the food. Lord, thank you for what you have given us. Please let us be grateful for what we have and never look to what we don't have. Bless his food and bless his family and watch over us, Lord. Amen. Amen. The family begins to eat and pass the food around. Joshua places three pancakes on his plate and looks around the table for the syrup. Who's got the syrup? It's right in front of you. Joshua locks his eyes on a syrup bottle shaped like a portly old slave woman. Her hair is pulled back under a scarf and she wears an old house dress. Her nose is wide and her big lips curl into a big mammy smile. The label reads, Grandma Maddie's Maple Syrup. All God's children love it. What's wrong? Why didn't you get the kind we usually get? They were giving this one away. Buy one, get one free. Joshua doesn't take his eye off the bottle. Did you pay the grocery bill? I'm sorry, baby. I, I forgot about it. <sighs> Today's the last day. Can't do it today. I got too much to do around here. I don't want to catch the game. Josh, you do it after breakfast. Joshua snaps back to reality. What? You needs to go and pay the grocery bill. While you're down there, I need you to pick up two razors for me. They're supposed to come in today. Get the gems, not the Gillette, and don't get the ones that come in the box. Okay. You take that trash out last night like you were supposed to, Lincoln? <sighs> Took it out right after school yesterday, Daddy. Yeah, it's getting a little long, Lincoln. Come on, Mama. You just got full again. I'll trim it down for you tonight. But I like it like this. I'm just going to take a little bit off of it. Come on, Leona. Ain't nothing wrong with this boy's hair. That's how they wear it now. Well, you what, you want your son looking wild? Besides, you look so handsome when it's the right length. Mom. <laughs> you look so handsome. Shut up, Rita. You shut up. She sticks her tongue out at him. Stop that right now. All I said was he looked handsome. He's the one who says shut up. He always teasing everybody. She's a pest like a little fly, always in everybody's <laughs> face buzzing around. Shut up, John. I've been working all week. I like to eat my breakfast in peace. Now y'all need to act like you got some sense when you at the table. Rita makes a face at Lincoln. Her parents don't notice. Peace and quiet returns to the table. In the background, we hear a train whistle. The sound makes Robert grin a little bit. Leona notices but doesn't say anything. Mm. Joshua, you're awful quiet this morning. Joshua eats quickly. 
Leona and Robert look at each other as they wonder what's going on. Rita tries not to laugh, and Lincoln shakes his head and smiles. Damn, boy, slow down before you swallow the fork. Where are you in such a hurry to get to? Sorry, Daddy. First day of summer. Been waiting on this all year. The family continues to eat. Robert surveys Joshua for a few seconds. And what about you? What do you have planned today? Oh, just going to sing with some of the guys. Hang out down at Rogers. Nothing special. Be careful singing down there. They may be letting colored folks in the movie theater a few days a week now. They ain't letting us in Rogers. Not yet. What do you mean, not yet? Uh, Nothing, Daddy. He lets us sing outside as long as we don't block the sidewalk. Mama, can I go to work with you on Monday? I can't take you to work with me every day, sweetheart. When Mommy took me to work with her last week, they had two TVs. You saw a color TV? Yeah. My sister said black folks in New Orleans around where she lives are starting to get them. One of these days, I guess. He let me watch a show about a funny white man. And he kept saying, one of these days, Alice, pow, right in the kisser. Come on, Rita. I think it's time for us to get our errands done. But I wasn't done yet. Did you hear me, child? Get up from the table and get yourself ready. All finished. Great job, Mama. Where are you in such a hurry to get to? I'm heading out to pay the grocery bill. Joshua comes outside. Lana pretends like she doesn't see him as she listens to the radio. Don't try and act like you don't see me. I was starting to think you weren't going to come out here. Joshua looks back to make sure no one at his house watches. He steps off his porch towards Lana. He doesn't come on her porch. Oh, be careful. She's probably watching us. She can't always be watching? Trust me, she can. Then how come she didn't see us when I walked you home? Uh, why do they call that God's Lake? Edge of the bayou, surrounded by a grassy field. There used to be some railroad in the bayou. People say God used the train to free black people. Just some old slaves tale. So... Uh, what happened to the railroad? Don't try to change the subject. Uh, why don't you guys have a radio station in this town? What station are you listening to? Some twangy station in Texas. Oh, yeah, that's that's big Texas. They don't play a lot of rock and roll. They called it nigga music last year, said that they would never play it. They play a lot of honky-tonk songs about dogs dying. Joshua gets closer. He is right next to her. Lana smiles a little, but tries not to let it show. Uh, here. That's Trees Port 700. I love this song. She closes her eyes and sways to the music. Joshua smiles. Tomorrow we can run away and leave all this. 
this behind this world is so confined and we need to unwind so girl let's go back to that place we used to go for the rest of the day. I have to pay the grocery bill for my mom. Be careful downtown. Why? You didn't hear about what happened last night? Some white kids came down to Andy's and started some trouble. They beat Theodore up real bad. Then they poured flour all over him. Here we go with this mess again. His name's Frankie. His daddy's the sheriff. He pulled his crap last summer. Said he was paying Negroes white. You better not try to mess with me. What would you do? I would kick his butt. Josh, you know you can't fight. <laughs> I'm not scared of nobody. Nobody? Nobody. What about my mother? <laughs> I'm not the one worried about her peering through windows. So why haven't you knocked on her door and asked her if we can go out? Wait, what? You don't know anything about Southern girls, do you? You have to ask my mother if you can court me. Uh, co wait, court you? What do you think you were doing when you were walking me home and holding my hand? But nobody saw us. That doesn't mean anything. It's the proper thing to do. That's what my daddy had to do, and I bet your daddy had to do it too. Oh. Is that why you haven't let me kiss you yet? Lana gathers her radio and pushes her little brother towards the door. Lana smiles without turning around and enters the house and closes the door behind her. Joshua smiles like he just conquered the world, but then looks up. Mrs. Harrell stares at him from a window on the top floor of her house. She was watching the whole time. Joshua waves. Mrs. Harrell closes the curtain. 
Welcome, folks, to another. Robert is in the living room in his old easy chair drinking a beer. As he listens to the baseball pregame show, he's got an old pitcher's mitt on. Go out and get yourself a bag. Fries up real nice. Alberta's country fried chicken. Ain't nothing like it. Today, the Baton Rouge Crawdads square off against the Colored Giants. The Crawdads are just a game and a half behind the Monarchs in the playoffs race for the Negro pennant. And we'll have all that action for you coming up. Game started yet, Dad? About to. Dad, can I ask you something? Go ahead. What was it like when you were courting Mom? Some girls got your attention, huh? Yes. Ain't a bad thing. Hell, it was bound to happen. Her mama won't let her date, but she's insisting that I ask her mom permission to take her out. Same thing happened with me and your mama. That's the way things are. Your mama was something else. Every boy from here to Baton Rouge wanted to date her. Homecoming queen. Beautiful girl. Oh, what'd you do? Rita's down the street playing. Hopefully that will take her mind off TV. Leona comes over and sits on Robert's lap. I see you got that old dirty mitt out. Game must be coming on the radio. Oh, Dusty Mitt? I stole a home run from Josh Gibson at the wall in 1945 with this glove. It was a foul ball. You keep trying to make it something it wasn't. Foul ball? Man hit that ball like a rocket. I jump up and grab that thing as it went over the wall. Won the game for the Stingrays. I know, and after the game, Josh Gibson came over and told you he had never seen anybody jump so high, and you joined him on the homestead grays. I wasn't nothing but 19. Now, now, he would have been the best man in our wedding, but he couldn't miss the game that day. Still, he sent flowers. That's how you got your name. I'm going outside, Daddy. I'll talk to you later. What? You, you can't talk in front of your mama? It's man stuff, Mom. Sorry. And besides, I heard the story before. Now, what kind of man stuff y'all talking about? Let the boy be. I know what I'm doing, Leona. Okay. But it's not like I don't know what it's about. It's that girl next door. Now, how do you know that? You didn't tell me who it was. You didn't think your 16-year-old son was going to notice the pretty girl next door? I never thought about it. <laughs> did you tell him what you did? We don't need to get into all that. Oh, you came over with flowers and a cake your mama made and introduced yourself. Your little knees were knocking all over the place. Now my knees were not knocking. <laughs> they were definitely wobbly. Bobby, you were scared to death. You were something else. Guess I'm going to have to make a cake now. Leona hits him playfully, and they kiss. Leona rests her head on his chest. Colored folks with the TV. <laughs> Leona doesn't notice Robert looks agitated. Robert turns the radio back up. Leona stays there with her head on his chest. It's a sunny day out. Beautiful flowers dot Lana's front yard. A pair of butterflies dance through the sky down the street. Joshua adjusts his button-down shirt. 
He has flowers in one hand and picks up a cake. He nervously walks to the door. He pauses at the door. He puts the cake down on a chair on the porch, so he has a free hand. He breathes deeply and knocks on the door. Lana opens the door. Joshua smiles, but before he can say anything, Lana panics and slams the door in his face. Joshua knocks on the door again. Bernice, Lana's mom, answers. She's a pretty woman, but in an unremarkable way, with strong, no-nonsense eyes. Hello, Joshua. Hello, Miss Harrell. Miss. Sorry. Can I help you with something? Joshua struggles to get the words out. Uh, my mom wanted me to give you this cake. That's so sweet. Well, tell your mom I said thank you. These flowers are beautiful. Joshua clears his throat and looks down at the ground nervously. Uh, Ma'am, the flowers are for your daughter. Excuse me? The flowers are for Lana, and I would like your permission to take your daughter on a date. I'm sorry, but my daughter isn't old enough to date. Thank you, Mama, for the cake. I just maybe want to have a Coca-Cola with her. Mr. McCray, do you know how many boys have shown up here with cake since we moved here? No, ma'am, I don't. I just think she's a nice girl. Twelve. And all of them said that she's a nice girl. And you know what? She's going to stay a nice girl. Uh, I'm sorry to bother you, Miss Harrell. Joshua starts to walk away with the flowers, but he doesn't make it off the porch. Boy, get back up here. I'm not finished talking to you. Joshua comes back to the door. Now, I'm going to give you the chance to explain why I should let you take my daughter out for a Coca-Cola. Joshua fidgets for a moment. I don't know. I'll make you a deal, Mr. McRae. When you have an answer, you come back here and you tell me, and if I like the reason and my daughter wants to go out with you, then maybe, and that's only a maybe, I will let her go. Thank you. Joshua starts to leave. Mr. McRae. Uh, yes? The flower. Joshua walks back to the door and hands them to her. I'll see that she gets them. Thank you. She closes the door and he walks off. There is a pep in his step. <laughs>